Hi, my name is Dr. Richard Mills, and you are listening to Talk Sex with Dick. Today, I will be answering a series of questions from listeners who have written in. I'm here at the Iris Kaplan Center located on the 11th floor on 30th and 5th Avenue in the heart of Manhattan. The first writer writes, Right now, as I'm writing this, I'm just feeling embarrassed. I have this little issue. Whenever I'm kissing or being intimate with my girlfriend, I find myself becoming so excited that I ejaculate inside my pants. Luckily, she doesn't know what's happening, or so I believe. But maybe I think she just assumes that I'm trying to take things slow. I don't know what to do or if I should continue to ignore it. Maybe this will just go away. Feeling discouraged in Raleigh. Feeling discouraged? This is known as rapid or premature ejaculation. I see this in my office quite a bit. Uh, Guys come in and they... Uh, find themselves in situations where they ejaculate very quickly Uh, for the folks out there who are listening this is more common than you would think oftentimes we hear about erectile dysfunction so that's individuals who find it difficult to maintain their erection and the writer who is writing in is experiencing the opposite. They can maintain an erection, but they find themselves ejaculating almost sometimes seconds, sometimes minutes into sexual intercourse. This is real common. Uh, When guys come in, oftentimes uh, I try to avoid the term premature ejaculator or premature ejaculation and I like to call it rapid ejaculating Uh, one thing I do when I'm working with my uh, patients that come in is to help them understand that they're kind of in the ballpark what they're dealing with is that they're very much into their body and so my guys who have ED issues uh, they find themselves that they're more in their minds than they are in their bodies with my guys who experience rapid ejaculation oftentimes what I see is that they find themselves in a situation where they're really sensationalizing their experience one of the common things that can be helpful is if uh, we do what's called stop start there's a number of uh, there's a number of resources out there Uh, sometimes uh, if you go to a urologist they will prescribe a numbing uh, cream Uh, those can be helpful as it can decrease sensitization to the penis generally the head of the penis but what we know is that 
medication doesn't always work. And so um, one of the things that I really do when I'm working with uh, my guys that come in is to help them to understand that what they're dealing with is more, it's very, it's very common. Part of it is, is the stopping and starting is uh, the number one tool that I use when I'm working with individuals who are finding themselves in this boat. And it's really to calm down and to really be active in understanding the experience. This comes with a lot of shame and for multiple reasons, uh, guys will oftentimes find themselves in situations where they are experiencing shame over this. And a lot of times uh, what brings them into therapy is issues surrounded uh, around sexual performance. And so one of the ways that we really have to understand that what we're dealing with first and foremost, you should see a doctor. Uh, if everything generally the plumbing is all working well but one thing that we see is that there is this struggle it's an anxiety related issue and sometimes this can go back to the early days when we were masturbating sometimes I'll see it one of the reasons and it could be multiple reasons is that people grew up in houses where they didn't have a lot of privacy and so they when they started masturbating they just automatically started to uh, have to ejaculate very rapidly and so one of the ways is is to address the anxiety that is around the issue of dysfunction this can be very difficult especially for guys who there's a lot of shame uh, with men we oftentimes rate who how we are as individuals and beings by how well we perform sexually and i would encourage you uh feeling discouraged in raleigh that to know that you're not alone and I would encourage you to come in and uh, to seek out a sex therapist that can help you deal with the anxiety. So often, uh, what we notice when we're dealing with issues related to sexual dysfunction is that while it is a symptom, there is a, it can be an indicator of other things that are happening in life. Uh, not saying everybody who acts very quickly in life, uh, they experience uh, rapid ejaculation, but oftentimes it's really taking a step back, really understanding the body. Again, we call it uh, for individuals who are experiencing uh, rapid ejaculation, one of the things is, is that they can be very down-regulated and very in their body. And so I would encourage this listener, if they're struggling, to know that, one, they're not alone, and two, that it's really to understand the anxiety. Another thing that can be helpful in treating it is SSRIs. You know, sometimes when guys understand that they can implement the stop-start one thing is is that an SSRI 
was found and the history behind it is is for those back home it can be zoloft uh selexa uh it can be in that family of medications and it was found to originally work for depression and then what they found is that it really helps with um it really helps with anxiety but also one of the things about taking the medication and for guys who do not struggle with uh, rapid ejaculation is that people will report it's very difficult to have an orgasm it almost makes it difficult and so sometimes for whatever reason you can talk with your doctor uh, and they can prescribe you something uh, but I would encourage you to really understand that this is an anxiety issue will it go away well it could go away but without seeking out help and without doing uh, seeing a therapist who specializes in this it can be very difficult to overcome so nine times out of ten this will not go away pharmaceuticals can be very helpful but also they can they can be only solving parts of the puzzle so i would encourage if uh for this listener that uh to uh, really understand the anxiety uh number one but also to understand that this is a much bigger this is a much bigger issue that could be treated with medication but also someone who understands what's going on sexually the next listener who wrote in said i've been dating this guy for a couple of months and he tells me he loves me but says he can't fully experience me unless i let him come inside of me well, I love and care for him very much. I don't know that I'm ready to take this step in our relationship. He's becoming more impatient and persistent. I just don't know what to do. Not barebacking in Miami. Yeah, it sounds like there's something deeper going on here. And it's not, this is really about, you know, barebacking for those who don't know what barebacking is. It's having, um, and we don't use unprotected, but unguarded, uh, because to say to be protected would to say that wearing condoms protects when in reality condoms are a choice that lower risk of transmission to STIs, sexual transmitted infections. But I would say that this has, this is a deeper thing about this relationship. The number one thing is, is that your partner should respect you and the choices. It's uh, for a lot of people, this, for some people, this may not really be something that you know, is the, it might not be an issue, but uh, for it sounds like for this listener that they are struggling with really asserting themselves within their relationship. I would ask you uh, to not bear backing in Miami to really 
part of it is is having voice about our choices and knowing that we are ultimately in control of what happens with our bodies and that our the our lover are the person that we're with and a relationship with they should respect that uh, now there are things that you can do um, and is to get on prep which is uh, Truvada which uh, can prevent uh, exposure to or it can yeah prevent exposure to HIV it's a pill and I've talked about this previously on episode number one um, and I think the number one thing is, is some people choose to take Truvada and while it lowers the risk, there's also exposure to other things like uh, HPV. Uh, so uh, just because you're not being exposed to HIV, uh, you can, there's potential exposure to HPV. A lot of times guys are carriers to HPV and they don't even know that they are carriers. Uh, there's also uh, a Gardasil shot that you can take, uh, that you take it and it can prevent you from being exposed to HPV, and it's found to be very effective, and they were used to use it with women because they were noticing that they were uh, developing HPV um, and being exposed to HPV, which can cause uh, cervical cancer, and so... I would encourage this listener to really just have an open and honest conversation with your partner about what is going on and to discuss your fears. You know, a lot of times when we entrust somebody sexually, we're entrusting them with a part of us. And it sounds like for you that you're not ready to go there and your partner uh, should respect that and when you are ready to go there you know oftentimes it can feel like a rejection for the other partner but to know that ultimately you need to be in the driver's seat of your sexual health and I would encourage you if you're struggling with this uh, and it may be there's a bigger issue uh, of not fully trusting this individual but also there's a fear of there you there are some realistic fears so I would encourage this listener to really uh, sit down have a conversation with your partner about what the boundaries are it sounds like this is a real boundary issue and to really work into understand what it is that uh, your needs are and to be able to express those needs and that your partner will respect those needs the next listener uh, writes in uh, they say I love my girlfriend very much and see great things in our relationship but there's this one thing she continues to talk about her ex well, I understand that they once shared a life together, it also makes me extremely uncomfortable to the point that my stomach begins to turn, it puts me in a bad mood, and to the point that I completely shut down. I don't want to appear like the jealous type, but I also don't like the way this makes me feel. I've thought about saying something 
but realize that she and I have only been together for a short while. Sincerely uncomfortable and Louisville. Uncomfortable. This, uh, it does sound like there's something going on here for you. You know, uh, just because your ex-partner uh, or your partner uh, is uh, is talking to her ex does not mean that anything is necessarily happening. Oftentimes when we get in relationships, uh, there's this uh, wiring, there's these chemicals that get released in our brain that make us think in certain ways it makes us feel certain things and oftentimes this can really cause us a lot of distress and i would encourage uh you if you or you know whoever out there is listening that you know this uh what you're experiencing is very common uh and it's easy to feel, especially when a relationship is new, if somebody's bringing, you know, they still have contact with an ex, that it can be very discouraging. And I would, you know, I have seen this in my office uh, where individuals will come in that have been in your, you know, walking in your shoes. And the thing is, is that I think communication is the most important part of what's going on here. It's really important that you say to your partner and to come in with love. So often we can allow our feelings to take hold and it cannot allow us to act rationally, but it can cause us to feel certain things and to not be able, to, it can cause us disconnection and it can cause us pain. And I think if this isn't addressed, if we don't address this, if you don't address this, this can really take you to a space of later resentment. Oftentimes I will ask, you know, we don't address things in our relationships because we don't want to cause a rupture. But by not addressing it, you find yourself later a rupture will possibly occur and I would encourage you to have a sit down and to talk about well first to have a sit down with yourself and it sounds like first before we can ask somebody to show up for for us we have to really show up for ourself and uh, I would encourage you that uh, to really ask yourself, what is it about this? What, uh, what is it that I'm feeling? And it sounds like you're really having a lot of feeling right now about this situation. And it can feel, it can make us feel isolated. These situations can make us feel, it can make us feel disconnected from the ones that we love. And so often we don't say something, but then we find ourselves sitting in this situation of really becoming resentful. It sounds like you don't feel like you're in the driver's seat of one, your life, but also in this relationship. It sounds like these feelings are really causing you to feel a sense of disconnect from your partner. 
And so my encouragement to you is that if you're struggling in this way, so often we, you know, relationships go through different stages. And the first stage is the symbiosis stage. And that's the I love you and I can't get enough of you. And then we go into differentiation. And it sounds like, you know, for the first year, we see the person, but we don't really see all and everything. But right now, it feels very, there's a lot of discomfort in the story. And again, I would encourage you to first ask yourself, how do I need to show up for myself today? And that may be that you need to address these feelings. And the question is, is do you trust your partner? You know, so often that's the biggest thing that we find is that trust becomes this thing that is very difficult because we fear if we state our need, it may not be heard. And I've seen so often, it's really, we have this fear of just allowing ourselves to be present in the moment. Because if we do become present and we are present, then we can get in this situation where we find ourselves feeling vulnerable. And these feelings of sadness, we can not saying that you are going through sadness, but not saying that you are experiencing this, but it sounds like this feeling of being really exposed and that can feel very painful. And I would encourage you if you're sitting in this space of pain to really just ask yourself, how do I need to self-soothe right now? We don't, I don't know the full story and I don't know what is happening for you right now. And I don't know the extent of that previous relationship, but it may be for right now that this other person really feels like a, they feel like a threat. And I would encourage you to sit down and to talk with your partner, to communicate what that need is so that you can feel like there's, like you can have some resolve. Because by having that conversation, it will improve the quality of your relationship. And it, your partner may not even know that this is an issue for you. They may not be aware. Maybe in their past relationship, being friends with exes is a very common, commonplace. But for you, maybe this may not be commonplace. And it's okay to feel like there's some sort of threat against your relationship and to know that ultimately you're the one that is in the driver's seat. But it may be, what can you tolerate? So maybe it's, you feel that you are not able to tolerate this specific situation, but, and that's perfectly okay. You may find after addressing this that your partner, they understand. 
and they're willing to be present with you and they're willing to to address this with you and just know that you're not alone but most importantly that you put communication before this feeling and to be vocal you know so often we listen and we there's this idea that feeling jealous there's just a negative kind of perception of jealousy but there's really a feeling behind that jealousy so maybe it's the feeling of jealous of being jealous is really that you feel that there's something that could potentially violate something so positive in your life so i would encourage you to talk with your partner talk with her and i'm sure she will be if she's open to that she may be just so understanding so number one that is the thing is communication number two communication and number three communication the next writer writes uh, Polly from Pennsylvania they write my boyfriend and I have been together for three years and this year we decided to explore the poly lifestyle recently we started dating this guy and while the idea of forming a thruple is exciting i also realize that i'm not comfortable with the situation and i'm not really into the other guy we've always had the agreement that if one of us if we started dating someone and one of us wasn't filling it we would cut it off immediately well i'm not filling it but he's told me that he loves this guy and sometimes things change i don't know what to do or how to address this polly and pennsylvania for those back home, uh, po- being polyamorous is uh, its not an open relationship. It could be, but uh, generally it's when you have uh, three people uh, that are, or two people, generally three, that have poly, which means many, and then amory, which means love. Uh, and this is very common we're starting to see this more and more uh and some people it's argued that being polyamorous is an orientation uh it's not monogamous and there's different types of polyamory uh there's generally one individual who is the there's there can be two people which are primaries and they have a secondary partner uh, there can be the hinge so where one person has a primary partner but they don't all three date together uh, and then there's uh, what this individual is in is a thruple and a thruple is where three people are together and uh, depending on what that looks like for those individuals, it can 
the agreements can be different, but it sounds like this uh, this listeners found themselves in a situation where they, him and his partner, have um, been together, and uh, they made an agreement. Uh, the agreement is is that if they start dating someone and the other person doesn't isn't into it that they end that relationship and it sounds like they've reached kind of uh, a point in that agreement that wasn't initially agreed upon and so what what do we do what does this individual do well oftentimes when i'm i'm seeing i do individual uh, couples therapy. Uh, so I work with people who are polyamorous. I deal with, uh, you know, individual where I see one individual who is in a, um, they're in individual therapy with me and they identify as polyamorous. And then I sometimes do throuples counseling and that's where uh, an existing relationship uh, they are together and uh, there's sometimes conflicts that emerge I would encourage you Polly in Pennsylvania to really understand that is this something that you can tolerate you may f- ask yourself and find out that after speaking it sounds like your partner is uh, they are they're developing or have developed feelings for this other individual and you can make a decision you can decide that this is not where you want to be uh or you can find a way to kind of work through this uh and it takes a lot of communication oftentimes feelings uh, this may be where you need to identify what the feelings are Uh, It sounds like you're experiencing some jealousy. It may be that you're experiencing uh, feelings of being left out. It may feel that you feel that this person is a threat or a violation to, you know, they are violating the, the contract of your relationship. Ultimately, you have to come to the determination about what does that look like? What does that look like for you and your partner? Uh, and to have a conversation, you know, uh, it may be that you need to, if you can't come to a resolution that you, uh, on your own to see a couples therapist, if you're in New York city, if you were in New York city, you could come see me, but there's also, uh, other couples therapist but it's really important if you do decide to go see a couples therapist that you are working with somebody who understands what it is that you're dealing with so often um you know there can be some judgment there about you know uh your relationship you know this is much different than uh being in an open relationship but this sounds like you really love this person and you want this to work out but it really seems at this point that that it really feels there's it sounds like there's a lot of uncertainty here and so i would encourage you 
to really ask yourself and identify, you know, uh, specifically people who are in polyamorous relationships that communication is, you have to have communication and also to understand the agreement and the contract that you had together. It could, your partner could be right. Uh, sometimes things do change and that's the risk of being in uh, these types of uh, these types of relationships is that you know sometimes we go into it with a good intention and sometimes this happens more often than not where two people that are dating somebody and the other person has uh, they have they're not into or maybe the person that's being brought into the relationship is not into both people it's really hard but we need to understand that love is not there's not really an equality of love you know uh you can love one person differently than you do the other and so I would encourage, there's a book out there called The Ethical Slut, uh, and they've done some new additions to it, uh, but it specifically deals with uh, polyamory. Uh, I tend to find that that book uh, really, what, it tends to be a very like hetero kind of normative, pers you know, uh, more taken from a heteronormative lens. But, you know, as we're seeing more of this uh, within our culture and people are very open about it, um, to understand it, I've been in a polyamorous relationship in the past and uh, I was in a very similar situation as you and that relationship in eventually ended because we could not... Uh, reach an agreement and uh, sometimes those things happen and and uh, if it doesn't work out it doesn't mean that uh, you're you know that it's necessarily uh, that you failed in the relationship it just says that maybe you know this is the risk that we take when we go into being in a polyamorous type of relationship you know uh, and so if you, you know, really first we have to address our feelings that are impacting us at that moment. Um, and to really, as I said to the individual um, from uh, Louisville, uh, we really need to ask ourselves, how do we need to show up for ourselves today? And so that may be that you're in a situation where you may decide that it's very important that the agreement is that you originally established is is honored and if it's not that's perfectly okay and to know that um you can work you know you may decide that you know as i say a relationship is a choice and uh and i would encourage you if you're finding yourself to understand that you are ultimately in control of this situation and you are the one that can ultimately make the decision that's best for you uh, and I hope that that helped uh, 
So that concludes the questions uh, for today. Thank you for tuning in. If you have a question or are in the New York area and would like to be a guest on this show, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at Lake Rising Therapy. Again, that's L-A-I-K-E, Rising Therapy. Or you can send me an email at richard.mills at lakerisingtherapy.com. Again, that's richard.mills at lakerisingtherapy.com. Next time, we will be taking on a journey, and we will hear the story of a woman who upon traveling back from Guyana to pay the last respects to her grandmother and how she experienced and how through this experience she had a starking revelation that she needed to let go of that which she defined as a failed dream, her marriage. Again, thank you for listening to Talk Sex with Dick. My name is Dr. Richard Mills. Until next time, take care of yourself and those around you. Have a good day. Bye.